<laughs> She's so pleasant. Now, now, now we all know. <laughs> so yeah, man. Man, I think one of the you wouldn't want to try to spy on someone using Zoom. Like you don't want them to know that you're recording the call. You push record. All of a sudden, this record, this call, is recorded. This meeting's being recorded, and she even sounds like she's snitching. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, at least with Skype, you know, you'd have to actually look on the screen to see where it didn't it didn't actually tell you that. But yeah, Zoom, they want to let you know just in case. They're like, yeah, we want to be accountable. I don't want you suing our asses for giving out privileged information or something like that. <laughs> we will not be held accountable. So yeah, man. So yeah, I think it was funny, man. I was, uh, of course, leave it to Instagram to to always provide lots of material for us to always talk about. It's always something on there. And one of the things, you know, it's funny because um, this guy, this comedian, I was like looking at um, the Laugh Factory's page and this comedian was bringing up talking about how so many people now, they basically need to stop using Instagram as their therapist. And so they see a meme and all of a sudden they, that's the advice they want to take instead of going to actual therapy. So it's just like, Oh, to my, if you're not surrounded by, you know, a team of winners, then you're, you're locked in a cage and then you go and then you go, yeah. And then you go back and you start getting rid of all your childhood friends, you know, just from that one me, he's like, cut that out. Which is true, man, because you see so many people always looking for all these inspirational and motivational Instagram pages or whatever. And, it tells you like, oh, you know, pretty much you got to do the shadow work, which is basically just really evaluating yourself in order to like make improvements on your life. But it's like, okay, it took a meme for you to actually sit there and have to check yourself instead of actually <laughs> want to go and do therapy. <laughs> and you know, one thing we were talking about is like, you know, at this point, man, I think everyone, everyone needs therapy. Everyone needs therapy at this point. Uh, and basically right now, when I just said that, you notice someone was listening like, yeah, not me, especially you. <laughs> the one the first one that said that oh look i mean i've actually been to therapy and i i have my shit together more than 99 percent of the population so if, if i think it behooves me to go to therapy <laughs> then the average motherfucker doing a job he hates in a relationship that he has no zeal for as is, is depressed is drinking too much please that person doesn't think he needs to go to a therapist you, you should be the first one in line Oh, I'll do you one better. Or that one that sits there and they post all these things on all these inspirational quotes and feeling like they're the ones reaching out and inspiring others. And they they also post how great they are and they're seeking all this attention or they're posting good vibes only and, you know, positively only and blah, blah, blah. You need therapy too, because you're not living in a reality world. As you think good vibes only is a, is a, is a thing. You need at least a therapy dog. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What I have, because Raina, you know, what's interesting is I got the jacket for Raina, the therapy dog jacket, just so I can Mm -hmm. take her everywhere. You know, I didn't. Right. But I have her registered in a database. I've got an ID for her for all that shit. It just saves the conversation before, before my friend, you have to ask, you know, at least they'll see the vest and okay. That's right. That's right. Because so trust me, what, now you've got you me. I want one now. I need to get one now. Good point. I should I should not put the vest on her, but keep the card so that people will come up to me and be like, "Oh, sir, you can't bring that dog in here." I go, "Well, what does this card say?" And see, I have the card, and so you know. But then I just have that look on my face. Also, like you know what? He that must be a therapy dog. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends is going. Yeah, they probably think you're some soldier with PTSD. <laughs> I, go, I don't really give a fuck what they think. What they, they think, could, right? <laughs> they could think that I, I want to run off and join the circus for all I care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I just want to bring my dog with me everywhere. Now, what's cool though is that 
she she really <laughs> has become a therapy dog though because oh, yeah. I feel a lot better with her with me. A lot of people don't know this, but sometimes I have social anxiety. Anxiety, because, yeah. Well, because of my face, so I get you know my my I have a burn scar on my face, and most of the time it doesn't bother me. But every once in a while, I've got I've got social anxiety about that. I become overly mm-hmm. self conscious, and when I have Raina with me, then I'm not even thinking about it. And also because one of the reasons why I'm not thinking about it is because when, when I'm with her, the focus is not on me anymore. Anyone, exactly. Everyone looks at her, you know? yeah. <laughs> which I'm perfectly happy with. But I yeah. tell you what, if, if you're someone, if you're a single guy and you want to meet women, nice women, get a fucking therapy dog and go walk around. You know I mean? I mean, first of all, that's not the reason why you should get it. You know, you should get a dog to help an animal, but this is an additional plus. So it's, it's a win-win, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because the people that come up to me, both men and women are the nicest people. A hundred percent. I have yet to have someone come up to me. who wasn't cool. Why would, why would someone who's not cool? Well, I mean, of course, someone who's not cool may come up and say something stupid. That's never happened though. But the people that come up and say, Oh, can I pet your dog? Or asking me questions about the dog about Raina, they're always super nice people. And it's, it's been a lot of good looking women too. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to do anything with that, but you know, and I'm not necessarily saying there's anything you can do with that, but the fact that they're coming to you, that's already a level of positioning that most don't have. Right. Right. And I mean, again, it's a win-win because, you know, these dogs, you know, they get a nice home and they're out and about. They're not just sitting around, you know, in the kennel all the time and, you know, and it also helps them socially as well oh, yeah. to be around more people or whatever it which can be also a detriment as well because you have people come to your house and your dog's thinking oh another human he's cool no he's breaking in the house attack him <laughs> okay straight what are you doing you know, everybody's Raina, not your friend doesn't really like people that much I mean, she's not she doesn't she just she's never, she never shows hostility towards people but she's not a big fan of people she doesn't like anyone else petting her I mean, only yeah. recently was Carol able to pet her. Only recently. Oh, wow. <laughs> Carol, you know, Carol's known her her entire life. Yes, that's she wild. She looked at me as her person. She's like, no, that's the only guy. Yeah. Me. I don't want anyone else touching me. I don't need anyone else touching me. I don't <laughs> want anyone else touching me. But now that she's with me everywhere, people come up to her and I have her shake their hand and people pet her and she's doing a lot better with it. And that brings up another point. I remember a dog trainer when I first got Grover told me to you know, get him designated as a therapy dog so you can take him everywhere because he'll right. be much better behaved and much more well-adjusted. Now, I don't know why I didn't do that, but the, yeah. it stuck with me. It stuck in my mind. So with Raina, I said, you know what? She already has the right temperament for this. So this, this she'll, she'll adapt pretty fast. I think the main reason why I didn't take Grover is because Grover, his adrenaline goes through the roof. He, he would be the dog that takes a big dump right there at Mandalay Bay the second you walk in. You know? <laughs> I'd be like, on the carpet too, I buy that. I'd be like, oh, hey, man, hey, hey, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Is there a way for him to finish to pick it up to you? <laughs> walking by looking, going, oh, that's disgusting. That's terrible. I'm like, dude, let's be honest. Okay, first of all, far worse things have happened in that Mandalay Bay carpet than the dog taking a yeah. poop on it. People, people <laughs> crap themselves on there. So exactly. This is a dog, and it's not a person crapping exactly. themselves. Exactly. Let's see, Raina's never like that. And also, the Raina's been to casinos with me she's been to the chiropractor's office she's been to restaurants coffee shops supermarkets you name it she's been there she can't be refused anywhere and she as a result of that picks up on a lot of cues so when Mm. i went to my chiropractor's office the other day when i I walked in sat down in the receptionist area she just went to sleep at my feet immediately you know she realized okay we're gonna be here we're gonna be here right i mean i'm in his office he's working on me and she just goes into the corner and goes to sleep 
Now, she wasn't like that initially. You know, initially yeah. she would pace a little bit, but now that with repetition, and she's a smart dog, yeah. and with repetition, she picks up on the cues. I'm playing blackjack at the South Point on Saturday, and once I sat down at the table, she went to sleep right next to me. Yeah. She's like, yep, oh, I know what this is about. <laughs> so take it, time to take a nap. So yeah, that's the thing, because again, they've, they've become very familiar with the place. And that's oh, yeah. the thing about it. They're, they're, they're like babies. It's like they need a routine. Once you give them a routine, don't break it. That's another thing I, you know, I always talk about, you know, especially my wife said, hey, they're used to this now. So don't, don't throw them off. Don't throw them off. Even when just the way, she, you know, the way she feeds them and what time to feed them, because they know. It's funny, 24 hours later, they know when it's time to eat. They won't bother me at all. They won't even think about foods or whatever else. But trust me, right around eight o'clock, they're already they're already looking like, hey, bro, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to stop that because <laughs> it's time. You know, so I'm just like, yeah, who needs kids when you can have a dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I say. That's why I never. Had it. <laughs> I look at people with kids. I go, that looks like a lot of work. <laughs> I don't, and I don't need to add any work to my load. <laughs> I like my life. I like being spontaneous where I can just get up and go play cards at two in the morning on a Wednesday. It's like, Hey, that, that thing's talking back to you. How do, how do you stand for that? <laughs> I think that thing is my child. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I call my, I call my dog, my child too, but I get it. <laughs> you know, what's funny is at that, that UFC fit gym, I posted a clip, me and Carol went over there and checked it out. And I'm running up that mm-hmm. ramp. I was thinking that, if I wanted to take Raina there, they would not be able to refuse her. You know, they would have to, <laughs> yeah. they would have to let me in there with her. And it actually looks like a really, she would have a lot of fun in there running up that ramp. So I'm, oh, I'm going to have to do it. I, I won't abuse it. You know, I won't take full advantage of it where I bring her with her with me every time. But sometimes right. when I go, if I go, if I join there and I go there just to do that ramp, just to do some cardio, some interval training, I'll definitely take her with me because I'll just run her ass up that ramp 10 times. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's some but, good sleep time right there when yeah. you get back home. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, she's not going to sit there and almost die of a heat stroke when you have to do it outside because oh, you know, this yeah. time of year in Vegas, you know, it's just, it's just not even happening. You know, trying to get out and run sprints. When I, when I went else. to the South Point with her, I did valet. First of all, I do valet most of the time anyway, but I especially did valet with her so that she doesn't have to walk on that pavement because this is yeah. 110 degrees outside. People sleep on that shit. Take your bare foot and just go try to Thank walk you. to the books outside. You're going to fucking die. I tried to walk. I was, I was barefoot one time and I went to the door. I go, oh, you know, the mailbox is right there. I walked maybe five feet and I came running back in the house. Yeah, your ass, your ass started having Tony Robbins flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My feet were on fire. I was like, fuck. And I, 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 I did a box jump back into the house <laughs> from the bottom of the steps. Because, oh. <laughs> so, I mean, if people, when I see people walking their dogs in the middle of the day out here. I oh, I know, man. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? You know I'm it's like, look, I like the fact that you're taking your dog for a walk, but this is not the right time to do it. <laughs> not on the side. To my shit, at least be on the grass if you're gonna if you just simply have to do it. Yeah, know, and, 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 grass, and it, fake grass doesn't count because we have fake grass in our backyard. That grass. Oh no, nah, that doesn't work. I was doing kettlebell <laughs> presses the other day, and I was barefoot. And on rep five, I just parked, I I just had to throw the bell down and run. I was like, I was like, ah, you know what? I'll suck it up. Let me just get. To, I was like, nope. Rep no. five, my feet were on fire. I go, fuck. So you yeah. can't you can't focus on your form because you're sitting there thinking about my feet are smoking right yeah, now. That's all you're thinking. About. <laughs> Like someone, I posted a clip of Grover in the backyard uh, going to the bathroom and 
a bunch of people got concerned thinking that you know, I'm, I'm abusing my dogs. Like, why is your dog hobbling around? I'm concerned about your dog. I go, look, my dog's fine, but my dog's hobbling around because it's hot as fuck out there. <laughs> you know, he's, right. he's starting to take a piss. Now, he's just going to have to deal with it. There is, there's nothing I can do. What am I going to do? Let him go in the house? We go out there. He does his thing. We come right back in. <laughs> it's not like I leave him out there for an yeah, hour. Exactly. <laughs> Man. Meanwhile, people are worried about my dogs. There's the Yulin Festival in China where 100,000 dogs are going to be killed in, the, in, a, in a purposely cruel way because they think it makes the meat taste better. So, it, so they're over the, I mean, this is like some hostile shit. This is, I know, man. Every year. Shit here. I mean, you see those clips online. It's hard to believe that it's even real, but it is. And there's people like this guy, Jeffrey Bari, who runs No Dogs Left Behind. I, I always plug them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy's on the fucking front lines in China trying to rescue as many dogs as possible. So when you support that organization, you're supporting him and his team who do something similar to what Project Child Save does. You know, they go in there and get dogs out of these situations. Right. So it's like, how about focus on that <laughs> instead of instead of poor Grover who just needs to take a piss? That's it. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, Grover is 16. You're right. You're old right there. You think he would have made it to 16 if he wasn't living in a loving home? What being well exactly. 16. To my, to my, I mean, seriously. <laughs> How concerned? I mean, are you really going to sit there and deter a 112 year old man, old man who needs to go take a piss from you know, having to do that? Like, no, it's like, it's either this, he's pissing in his pants. You got to clean it up. What are you going to do? He's like, Oh no, let him go piss. So like, man, it's, it's the same with the dog. It's like, come on. Well, on the topic of dogs, I think people also understate the importance of regular teeth cleaning. And I'll tell oh, you, yeah. what, Grover, Grover has had this nasal discharge for a while. That this nasty green mucus just projects out of his nose and it flies in five feet, flies, flies five feet all over the house. Right. Always grosses out Carol. She's like, ugh. <laughs> so anyway, part of the reason why he had this problem or the main reason is because he had this rotten tooth in the back of his jaw. And this yeah. tooth was filled with abscess. Yeah. And yeah. all, all of that discharge was shooting through his nose. Yeah. So once they removed this tooth and a few others that were rotten, he, they had to remove about five teeth in total, which sounds like a lot, but he has well over 20 teeth left in there. So he's fine. <laughs> he's an older guy. But here's the thing. He was in discomfort for a long time because of these teeth. Now, yeah. people are like, well, why didn't you get his teeth cleaned sooner? It's like, well, I tried, motherfucker. I tried several times. But the problem is Grover also has a heart condition. So when they do those preliminary testing for safety, he kept oh, yeah. failing. It wasn't it finally this time I managed to get him in there at the right time. He did okay on those tests. There's always a risk whenever you put a dog under. Yeah. But it was a risk, in my opinion, that was worth taking. Worth it, yeah. Some are like, well, you know, he's 16. Why bother? I was like, yeah, but he's Oh, are 16. you serious, right? Oh, okay, let's, just, let's talk about your parents, okay? It's like, <laughs> oh, she, she's 75. You know, why, why even bother? She's going to die soon or whatever. Like, are you serious? Very few people look at their dogs at, the, at a commensurate level as, as people. But, I mean, his, if he only lives another year or two, but he's way more comfortable... Well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Man, this is wild. Now that we are back on after this storm that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, the power went out for like a few seconds. And yeah, I mean, these lightning storms recently in Texas have been kind of crazy. 
definitely not normal. And he's they're having like high amounts of like lightning strikes. And it's, it's been wild. I don't know. Yeah, of course, you know, we were talking about therapy, talking about PTSD. Let's just talk about just any Texan. Now, whenever the lights go off, you know, you're automatically going to be triggered because of what happened back in February during that big snowstorm that happened statewide. And most people didn't have electricity for like days, some for like weeks. So you automatically get a little twinge whenever the lights flicker a little bit around here. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, that's uh, we don't have, we don't have too much of that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have those rain problems in Vegas, man. Yeah, no, we we have a problem of no rain in Vegas, <laughs> right? It's really wild because you know there's a major lightning storm happening right now, and I hear all these kids outside playing. I'm just like, what is wrong with these kids? <laughs> you have like a death wish. I'm sitting there seeing. I have the blinds closed right now, and I can still see the lightning strikes not too far away. So I'm like, there are other ways to be thrill seekers, man. Just sitting up here playing outside in a lightning storm, especially the way things are going these days. So anyhow, <laughs> yeah, that's uh. <laughs> reminds me of Kenya in Kenya. We'd all be sitting around watching a movie and then uh, all of a sudden, like every light would go off completely, right? The TV would shut off, everything would shut down. And in Kenya, when you're in the suburbs, there, there aren't a lot of street lights around. So there's no, there's no artificial light on the streets coming through. It's pitch. Yeah. And all you hear is my mom in her Indian accent complaining, (laughs) like this dumb, dumb, this dumb, dumb country. (laughs) Why isn't the generator coming on yet? (laughs) Like, oh, well, I guess we'll all go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit, you go ahead and go to bed, Mom. I'm going to grab yeah. one of the beers out of the fridge and go up outside. Yeah. <laughs> the nice weather. Why are we inside anyway watching TV? It's nice outside. It's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then, you gotta, then you have to sit and just think about, like, how we are in the countries that we're, like, living in compared to everyone else. It's like, we, you know, a little inconvenience. Okay, the lights went out. In, in, you know, you're in Africa. Okay. And he's like, why is the generator not coming on? I'm like, well, <laughs> I said, I'm pretty sure they go through a lot worse here. <laughs> Just the inconvenience of electricity going off. Hey, dude. Okay. That's, that's unnecessary. I mean, <laughs> why'd you do that? <laughs> but yeah, anyhow. <laughs> So we were talking about, yeah, back to our therapy dogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think it, I mean, a, a, a dog, just having a dog with you at all times, that, that, that's automatically calming. And what's interesting is Raina's not just a therapy dog for me. She's a therapy dog for everyone that comes across her because people automatically are in a better mood the second they see her. I mean, a few people don't like dogs. They're, they give you dirty looks, and I look them dead in the eye when they do that. <laughs> right. Don't, look at my dog. don't give my dog a dirty look, motherfucker. <laughs> right. Give me a dirty look, fine. But don't, don't look at my dog like, oh, you know, like you're... Uh, you look like you want to do something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might want to rethink that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm one of those people, like, I hope I never get in a situation where somebody's trying to, like, do anything to my dog, because it is not going to end well. 
Yeah. It is not going to end well. In fact, I don't even know how it's going to end. I don't even know how it's going to start. It's just because <laughs> that's just a part of me. I have, I have feel I don't, I have no inkling of what that part of me looks like. I guess it'd be right up there again, just like, you know, if someone were to do something to my kids. So that's why it's always good to kind of just have that look where you so, get someone that look like, okay, like I said, it's that fuck around and find out look, <laughs> you know, so kind of just gives them that one, like, you don't want to do that because I can't really be responsible for what, what happens afterwards because I've never gone there. So please, let's keep it that way. That's just a part of me. I continue to not want to have to know exists. No, absolutely. It's just something about people doing anything to any any being that's innocent, you know? No, it's like someone attacking a kid, you know? It's like, exactly. Like someone's walking around with their kid and some adult comes in and, they, you know, get that fucking kid out of here or gives your kid a dirty look. It's like, no, no, oh, no. I know. No, no I'm, I'm up here. Look, look, look at me and say that. Yeah, you're not going to First of all, I don't have kids, but if I saw anyone giving a kid a dirty look, I'd be like, no, 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 no. It's like, if that's all you're going to do, fine. But if, if it's about to escalate beyond that, I'm right. going to put stop to that real fast. Exactly. Like that is, you do not want to go. Let's not go there. Straight up. So, well, like I said, man, it's, it's good. It's like, um, I, I like I said, at, at this point, I think in the the year that everyone's had, I said, yeah, I feel like everybody can use therapy. And I feel like, you know, especially for people who are kind, you know, to other beings or whatever, like it probably probably would help out to go to, you know, to a shelter, you know, and, and, and rescue a dog, you know, or a cat or a ferret, <laughs> some type of animal, you know, that just gives you comfort. Something that is, like I said, something that's more innocent than the average human being, first of all. And, you know, pretty much you're basically rescuing each other is how people should look at it. It's not like, you know, you're just the the, the main one doing the rescuing here. <laughs> because, I mean, I feel like it can give you a lot of comfort during, like I said, the past year that we've had or whatever. Big time. Because I don't care. Like I said, I don't care who you are. After this past year, I feel like everyone needs some type of therapy at this point. Because yeah. everyone's been through a lot, you know, whether you've lost someone personally, you've, you've witnessed loss, you've heard about loss, you know, you've been restricted, you've been locked down, you've lost a business, you couldn't go to work, you know, your finances have been, you know, pretty much affected, um, or you know, yeah. someone that's close by that's been a lot of tempers flaring out there. I've noticed that. But look, oh, at all, man. look at all the fucking fights that are happening on planes every day in the news. Oh, I know the plane. I, that's what's, I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's like straight up. I mean, like flight attendants. And sometimes the flight attendants are the first ones to escalate it. They're the first ones to throw the first punch. I'm like, okay, that tells you a lot right there. And then you got, it's the perfect storm because you have all these people who've been cooped up already for the year, you know, over a year. And now you have them in a small Petri dish. So, you know, anxiety is already high because people are already thinking about who's got what, you know, and you know, are you wearing a mask, you're not wearing a mask, or, you know, I'm, you already got anxiety because of bacteria. And, you know, it's the perfect place for all that stuff to, to spread inside of a plane. Like, I wouldn't even want to be someone that even has, like, allergies to be on a plane today. Even <laughs> if I had a, had a mask on, you sneeze and everybody's looking at you like you're, you're about to hijack the damn thing. <laughs> it's like, geez. So you can just imagine, you know, like, just like oh, man. So it's like you said, it's the perfect storm for that right now. And, you know, of course, everybody's celebrating. Hey, you know, everybody's getting back out again. 
is that necessarily a good thing? Like, I think you kind of need to ease people out at well, this point. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one of the negatives. For the last, about, about a week and a half ago, I picked up a nasty cold, and I'm still recovering from it. You can hear it in my voice. But, I mean, for a week, this it wasn't as bad as the pneumonia I've had in the two times. It wasn't life-threatening, but I felt like shit for several days. And I had this ling- I had this nasty phlegm cough for a couple days, that horrible taste in your mouth. I was like, fuck, man. You know, so, so the one of the good things about the pandemic is everyone's staying at home. You're not interacting with people as much. I didn't get I didn't catch jack shit last right. year. No cold, no fever, nothing. Not even like a, a day where you felt off. Yeah. But uh that cold fucked me up. And even now I still have a little bit of a lingering cough, and it's about 10 days later. So it's a pretty nasty strain. Yeah. I guess that's like the one thing for those who didn't wear masks for the most, most of during that time, you've been exposed to every damn thing. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm just let my fucking immune system do what it needs to do because otherwise I pretty much take care of myself. So, but yeah, it's been real interesting. Just kind of, even when you go out now, well, you know, cause you know, people, you know, those have been vaccinated. So you, now you got places, especially like where there's no longer mandates for the mask. And, you know, now businesses put like, you know, masks encouraged or something like that, you know, or, you know, um, no mask for those who've been vaccinated. But it, it's so crazy because no one knows who has what, you know, who's done what. So you still kind of see that anxiety when you're in public places. So I'm just like, people just go on with your life. Just go on with your life at this point. Just stop. Because you're going to end up getting really sick just from all the anxiety of, things you have no idea what's going on, the things you're making up in your head, which that was never healthy in the first place before the pandemic. You know, that's that imagination stuff, whatever, that's taken out more people than anything before all this. Just creating, you know, creating stuff in your head and then creating scenarios that not are not necessarily true or would harm you. So... So yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be a while. Somebody, people are like, yeah, things get back to normal. I said, no, nah, I don't think that that normal thing that you're talking about, I don't think that's ever coming back. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and talk about this whole new normal because I, honestly, let's be honest, every day should be a new normal for anybody, pandemic or not. Yeah. You should, nothing should be the same as it was yesterday. That's sad. <laughs> okay. So hopefully there's some progression going on at, at, at best. So... But you don't necessarily have we have to make it. Well, you, we don't you, necessarily. You know, have, you know, the, the, the problem with the average person's mentality is it's always waiting for something outside of yourself to change in order for you to change. And yeah. everyone, everyone, most people are they're products of their environment, but they don't think that they can make their environment a product of them. You know, that's a yeah. king mentality. So when when I look at shit I want to do, I don't look at what is going on out there circumstantial wise. I don't sit there and go, well, I don't know if this is a good time for this or a good time for that. It's like me, I don't know if this, if something's not going to work, it's not going to work because I didn't put in the right effort. I'm taking full responsibility. It's not because of circumstances outside of myself. I mean, I had a damn good year during the pandemic last year. My business did just fine. And people are like, oh, you're lucky you're this. It's like, look, luck is <laughs> luck is a small part. Luck is a small part of everything or maybe even a moderate part of everything. But I, I also made a lot of smart strategic moves. And that's what allowed me to navigate my business through a tough year. When this whole thing started, I started putting out information on how to enhance your immune system, how to do this, how to do that. Useful information that was relevant, especially for the time. Yeah, I mean, hell, it brought us back. You know, brought the show back. It was a perfect time for that because, 
you know, at that time you really weren't, you just get mostly fear everywhere, but you know, we have resources like we had, you know, Dr. Gordon come on right off the bat, you know, and actually giving good information. So, so then people can just sit there and say, Oh, but are you a doctor? So it's like, Hey, <laughs> no, I'm not, but Hey, I know a guy. <laughs> okay. So who can actually bring in some useful information and really help people out, you know, and really just talk about things that, that you, cause at that time, so many people were having a hard time cause they didn't know what to do. You know, here are things that you can actually do you can take charge of on your own and that you can kind of just help you safeguard, at least put up big, you know, much bigger barriers to keep this thing away from you. And, you know, so, you know, like I said, the timing was perfect for that. But it's always funny when someone's like, man, how'd your business do during this? And like, all of our businesses did well, you know, because again, we were also in, 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 in sectors where it was necessary, you know, or as they say here, essential, <laughs> but you know, even then by just being essential wasn't enough. You still got to make sure that you know how to run a business properly and put things in place for the unexpected. So there's a lot of places that were considered essential that still weren't prepared. You know, they didn't have to shut down, but they did things in which they end up shutting themselves down. You didn't necessarily blame the pandemic. So you got to sit there and say all the pandemic did was to speed up, speed up a process that was going to happen anyway at the rate that these people, at the rate that these businesses were going, it just sped up the inevitable. You know, a lot of them were managed poorly. You know, a lot of them had a lot of overhead already going on. They, they mismanaged. They had too many people working at one time. They weren't looking at their numbers to really see what was the most optimal time to have a certain amount of employees there. They were overbuying product or whatever else. So, you know, it just, again, it just sped up the process. And it was going to go down like that one way or the other. So. Yeah. hundred percent. So it was a learning experience. So again, when you kind of, you know, again. Well, I just know people that were unemployed for over a year and I'm sitting there thinking, look, I mean, after a few months, I would start thinking anything is better than nothing. I'm going to go mop floors at Taco Bell. I'm going to go do whatever is because there were jobs out there. So there was no reason to sit. There's no reason to use the excuse of the ideal job that I'm used to is not available right now. So I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just going to get my unemployment and stimulus check. Fuck that shit, man. You got to go, you got to come up with the business, go get a job somewhere. You got to, you got to do something to keep your dignity, to keep the ball. Well, moving. on top of that, to my, and also that gravy train is not going to stay on the tracks very long. You know, to my, first of all, you're getting a quote unquote handout from the government. So, you know, it's not going to go on forever because you're, first of all, it's gimmick infringement. You're impeding on, you're impeding on the one thing that they do best get handouts so you think they're gonna forsake their own handouts that they get by working for the government to take care of you they need you to do to take care of them so you best believe they're not gonna sit there and let you just have you know just continue this forever you know so especially when you're dealing with life lifelong politicians that right there tells you that your gravy train wasn't gonna last that long <laughs> so so yeah man you gotta know it's gonna have to come to an end hundred percent. Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> Carol sending me, let me see what she's saying here. Well, that totally sucked air, sucked the ass. Like, like, I'm super sore today. <laughs> she's like, I'm super sore today. I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave. I'm, I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to provide any context. <laughs> oh, that, it actually gets better. My upper body is fine, but my legs are killing me. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Mike's like, well, next time I'll shift my focus. 
Uh. Yeah, man. So at this point, man, I would say, folks out there, don't crap on on therapy. You know, it's something you definitely I would think about in terms of just like I said, this past year that we had, and don't don't get it twisted. No one's too good for therapy. And if you can afford to go, you know, take advantage of that. If you still have insurance and it covers that, do it. Going to therapy doesn't mean that you're crazy. Well, the key is to find the right therapist too. That's the challenge. Yeah. Because I know people, I've recommended therapy to people before and they go, you know, I tried two or three therapists. They all sucked. One guy fell asleep while I was talking. The other oh, person hell. was useful. I was like, well, unfortunately you got some, some bad, yeah. some, some bad options here. Now the lady I went to, Carol found her for me. And one thing I liked about her right off the bat, and Carol knew I would like her off the bat, is that she has therapy dogs in her office. And that already makes me feel better. Just like people feel better about seeing me with Raina, I feel yeah. better when someone's a dog lover. Like right there, we have that in common. Right. And the first time I met up with her, Dr. Wingard's her name, she, uh, I mean, I, first of all, I, I, I was, I told her, I don't know how much I have to talk about. Two hours later, I was still talking to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long do you think you've been here? I was like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes. She's like, no, you've been talking for two hours. I was like, oh, shit. Guess I do have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Be surprised, especially when stuff's just coming up. She, when she started cussing when she was talking, she's like, oh, sorry. I was like, no, 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 no. I feel mm. bad the right way. This is not going to be like Fraser Crane experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cuss is. And, I, and she and I had a good rapport. I had her laughing at some of the stories. I had her visibly upset when she heard some of my stories. Right. You know, she's a compassionate person. But, uh, you know, sometimes you've been through some shit in life and you don't realize how bad it is until you tell someone else and then you see their experience. You see the reaction. Yeah, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Sometimes I've been through shit and I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I know about yeah. people that have been through a lot worse, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't diminish what I've been through though. It's right, just, exactly. That's my way of trying to rationalize it. And then I tell people in detail, like I told my therapist in detail, everything that happened to me when I was abused as a kid, you know, detailed. And she was visibly getting upset when I yeah. did that. You, know, you could tell she was, it was really uncomfortable. And this, this is a fucking professional. Right. She's worked with soldiers with PTSD and stuff like that. But she's like, I, she didn't say anything like, you know, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard or anything like that. But I could tell in her the face. face said it all. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? When, when someone has that kind of reaction, that means you really need to talk about it. Sometimes you're worried about how the other person's going to react and you don't want to upset them. That right. stops a lot of people from talking about their own abuse, to be honest, is that one, they don't want to upset the other person. Two, the other person, if they haven't been through it, they can't relate. You just can't. You just can't relate. So yeah. I, I have a lot of people that confide in me. In fact, you were talking about Instagram as therapy. Well, mm -hmm. I've had I've been a therapist for people on Instagram and not in the ways that you mentioned. I've had people right. load on DM. Me. Yeah, DM. Yeah. Where they send they tell me their whole life story of abuse. And I'm sitting there going, man, this person doesn't even know me. But they also don't know anyone in their life. They know I can relate. And that's why yeah. they, they know I can relate. And they're not necessarily like, for me to give them words of advice or just want to get it out, you know. It's just like yeah, it's, it's, the it's, thing it's, is they it's like they don't know you, but they know you because there's we're all connected, you know, in some way. And that right there's another form of connection. So yeah, they don't know you personally, but they, your story, they know that shit very well. You know, because they've got a chapter in that book, you know, dedicated to them as well. So. All right, man, it's over. 
<laughs> my dog is like right up against me because <laughs> of all the, you know, the thunderstorm. Even if you're, for those of you guys that are, for people that are married and you have a good relationship with your significant other, I mean, you can talk to them about a lot more than you think you can often. A lot of times, it's like, look, if you can't tell your significant other something, then who can you tell? Now you need that. That should be the relationship where, that, that should be the relationship where you can talk about everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's always funny because, uh, like, Whenever my wife even talks about like the way we talk every day or whatever, and like none of anybody around is like, really? They're always so surprised. Like, wait a minute, but y'all been together for 14 years and you still talk every day and you know, at the end of the day or whatever, and you have these long conversations. We go, yeah, first of all, we like each other. <laughs> and I think that disqualifies a lot of couples. You know, a lot of them just tolerate each other at this point. But the thing is, is like, you know, we, we feel safe. Right. When we talk to each other, you know, no one's going to take something and hold it against that person for later use or whatever to manipulate them or do whatever. It's just like, no, it's like, dude, you know, I may not be able to help you with everything, but then just being there and just listening helps big time. Sometimes like really just shutting the fuck up and just listening goes a long way. <laughs> and so you're just like, oh, I need a vent. I need to just get this out. Or, hey, I got this idea and I just need to work it out, even though it might be something that one of us may not be familiar with per se. But there right. is a deep-rooted, like, centralized theme about, like, okay, we know each other well enough, like, all right, well, maybe you should think about this, this, and this, or I don't know, maybe this, this, and that, you know? And But it's never like, oh, you could never do that. It's never one of those type situations. It's just like, okay. But the thing is, we're, we're honest with each other, and I think that's what gets in a lot of – gets in the way with a lot of couples, that, that pure honesty, because, again, they're feeling like, okay, well, I don't want to – it's crazy you have to even say this about a couple that they don't want to appear vulnerable but i'm like if you can't be vulnerable with your partner then how who can you be vulnerable with <laughs> at that point because this is somebody you're with pretty much most of most of the time of your life maybe <laughs> so maybe you know at least theoretically you would think that so again you know that that should be your safe haven is with your partner you know, that should be your quote unquote safe space where you can just be okay. Well, there might be some things you can't just tell normal people or whatever else, but even if it's some shit that concerns both of you, it's like, if you can't talk about it, then what are you even doing? It's right. like, you know, and there's a, but there's a way of doing that though. And I think that's the problem that, that happens for most couples. They can't talk about everything when it concerns them because it's how they even approach each other and how they address it, it becomes Here's the deal. It's personal, but it becomes too, it becomes personal, if that makes sense. Right. You know, whereas it's like, yeah, it's personal because it involves both of you. But the thing is, it's like someone feels like, oh, they're you've done this to intentionally hurt me. And there are cases where that is that is the situation and that should be addressed, you know, as well. But when it's just somebody like, okay, this is how I'm feeling, blah, blah. It's not, it's not to make you feel worse. It, I just want to share how it made me feel. And, you know, you can't really shit on a person for the way they feel. And, you know, and it's, that's why I think, um, I don't know if I posted that today, even just by like, oh, actually I was looking at another friend's post about like things that are not apologies, <laughs> you know? So when you say like, yeah, I'm sorry, but okay. That right there is all you are disqualified. That's not an honest apology. <laughs> You know, I hear what you're saying, but no, I mean, yeah, you may have, that may have made you feel bad, but no, don't put, but on there, just apologize. If, you know, if that's how that person feels, that's how they feel. You can't, you can't change that. You know, you just have to adjust accordingly. I'll just leave it at that, you know, and the same should be for you. It's just like, no one can tell you how you feel and no one should make you feel shitty for how you feel. Now, 
my thing is, once you get it out there, like there's another relationship you need to have a really good relationship to have is the one with yourself. And a lot of times I feel like you have, a, if you have a good relationship with yourself, then you're already setting yourself up to have a good relationship with someone else. If you're vulnerable with yourself, you know, I'm not saying playing victim, you know, I'm saying actually being vulnerable with yourself, seeing your flaws, not going, putting off your, your best self, always showing, you know, always playing your greatest hits, not just to the, you know, social media, but to yourself and not admitting when you're having a shitty day. And then when you actually admit that you're having a shitty day, ask yourself, why am I having a shitty day? You know, dig deeper, you know, keep peeling that, that onion back, man, you know, just layer by layer. Why am I, why do I feel that even if you're getting pissed off in traffic, you know, why did that dude cut me off, piss me off like that, that I'm fucking going belligerent and I want to chase him down and run him off the road. Okay. That's no longer him just being a jackass cutting you off. It's something else going on there. So then, you know, you take, take a moment to really just evaluate that and think about that. Like, okay, what else is going on in my life to really make me really go off like that? So when you can be vulnerable with yourself and really self-check yourself, it really helps with doing, you know, just having those moments with your significant other and your partner. And right. like I said, again, be forgiven. First of all, you need to be kind and forgiven to yourself, in my opinion. You know, so therefore, when you're, when you're like that with yourself, you expect that from someone else. And when it seems like someone is not going to honor that or whatever, then, you know, again, you move accordingly. You, you have to make some changes. Either that person needs to respect you or you need to move on. But the only way you're going to understand what it is that you deserve as far as respect or how you should be treated, you know, do you have to do that with yourself? Because yeah. again, people, you train people how to treat you. You know, so I, I think some of the things that people have a really difficult time talking about with their significant other are exactly the things you really need to talk about because not just for yourself, but your partner is going to understand you a lot better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they probably, you know, some folks probably feel like, well, if I show that side of me or whatever, I really discuss that, bring that up. And if this is not something they give with, they'll, they'll leave me or they'll, they'll not love me anymore. It's like, first of all, stop making up all these stories in your head. Okay. And if they do, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about that. That's that person's decision. Quit trying to control people, you know? So if that's the case, then so be it. You know, it's just like you, 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 cause now you, that's a form of manipulation, but it's not working in your favor because you, you're trying to control the outcome of something without them getting a vote in it. So, you know, let them, let them participate. Let them show you, okay, I don't really like that. And that's just not something that I, you know, that, that, that's along that, that goes along with my values. Right. All right? So, you know, cause then you might find out, okay, eventually you might realize maybe this wasn't the person for me or especially at that time, who knows, you know, there's, there, I've looked back at, at like old relationships and realized like, you know what, we just weren't on the same page. You know, we, when you had, if you were to take a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle and put the pros and cons of that relationship and, you know, you were like, oh, okay, this, this, and this, but we also didn't like this, this, and this, or we didn't see eye to eye on this, but this was really great. But you started just kind of looking at that list. When you start having more of those cons or whatever, it's like, that's when you need to deal with reality. Like, okay, this is really not working the way that I would want to, want right. it to. Or maybe that is the way you would want it to because you don't think you deserve better. <laughs> There's always that too, because sometimes people just really didn't have the best example of what a good, caring, you know, intimate relationship looks like. And yeah, so, I certainly didn't. You know, my parents are good people, but they, they didn't have a they didn't have a relationship that I wanted to emulate. That's for sure. Yeah, 
And my father never had a nice word for my mother. He would only complain about something not being done right, but he would complain about, oh, you spent too much money on this or that this was undercooked. Yeah. Uh, he would say nice things about her to me or my brother or someone else, but that's not benefiting her because she's not even there to hear it. Right. So, and then she always felt like she had to walk on eggshells around him because she didn't want to set off his temper. So she was always in that stressed mode. <clears throat> there was no real intimacy or affection or any of that shit, honestly. And I knew that, first of all, I knew I would never behave the way he does with my yeah. significant other. I, 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 I've made a point of never being that guy. And number two, I didn't want to be in this relationship where it's so platonic. People don't even know you're together. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, like is, is that your wife? Is that your roommate? Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? Because all you're doing is splitting bills, you know, make out at the park in front of everybody and all that. But <laughs> you know, when, when I see couples, I shouldn't have to wonder if they're together. You know? Right. <laughs> that, that should be, huh, I wonder if that girl, I wonder if that's his girl. Or I wonder if that's her guy. That shouldn't be things. Those aren't things I should have to wonder. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man, it's just uh, like I said, those blueprints go a long way. And I and then I even look back at you know those relationships that didn't work out, and then I look at the individual, and then I look at what was the example that they grew up watching, and therefore it, it actually has helped me like really see those people in a different light as well, you know, compared to maybe how it may have been at the time. You know, it's like I truly understand. You start to understand who you were with because they probably have haven't realized who they were and they're still just kind of going off this blueprint that wasn't there. It wasn't designed for them. You know, you look at right. like how their parents were or, or the lack of parents were where they, these individuals may have, they had to just try to figure it out for themselves and look to all these other outside sources or whatever. And, and a lot well, of times the they, thing that sometimes people look, but like when people hear about a domestic abuse, they automatically think of a guy just beating the shit out of his wife, right? That's the first thing that comes to mind. Now that's obviously horrible, but there are other forms of abuse. That oh, don't oh yes. Emotionally. And you know, just yeah. my, my father was very emotionally abusive to my mother. And I didn't really think about it until I went to therapy and started talking about this. Yeah. Which to, this to me, I just thought it was normal. I was like, this is, this is how people act. You know, the guy's an asshole and the woman has to deal with it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's right. what I thought. That's what I thought. But let me tell Carol to stop texting me here. <laughs> like stop sending me nude photos. I'm on a pot. I mean, send me the nude photos, but email it to me. So it doesn't make it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So my father was emotional. And I guarantee you, if you talk to him about it, he would not think. He would not think that he was an abusive guy at all. Like, oh, I never laid a hand on your mother. It's like, yeah, you didn't. But yes. we're definitely a very emotionally abusive dude. You had this this, this fucking temper. You know, sometimes that is sometimes that's worse than the physical abuse because yeah. those yeah, physical scars get healed. But when you get in somebody's head, man, it's like here's the thing about that. That goes a long way, even when they're even if, if they're no longer with you. <laughs> you know, it's just like anything could trigger that. You know, they could just be watching a fucking movie. You know, and and. All of a sudden, it sets off these emotions. You could have been dead for 30, 40, 50 years. And then they watch a movie and then they, they're triggered back to the, t you know, all those times that you've treated them a certain way and said certain things to them. They can just hear a phrase and then it's like, boom, you know, it's almost like being, like somebody being hypnotized and then they hear the word that wakes them up. That's the same thing. You hear that, you hear a certain phrase, you know, like, oh, that motherfucker wasn't shit. Boom. You know, you just heard a conversation where it's two guys, you know, joking with each other. But here you are because you've heard all your life, 
you know, say whether it be with your significant other or from your parents, you hear that phrase. And then all of a sudden you just kind of go into this mood and you don't even realize it, that you've gone in this situation, you know? Oh, exactly. So my, one of my friends, one of my friends who, the guy who lost his temper the other day, I was telling you about, he and I, this is before he lost his temper, obviously, but he, one time he and I were walking our dogs and he goes, aren't you amazed how similar you are to your parents? I go, no, I'm nothing like my parents, nothing <laughs> like them, not like either one of them. I took maybe some of the best qualities both had and built upon that and mm-hmm. discarded all the others. But one, I'm not a pushover like my mother. Two, I'm not a dick like my father you know, is to people. <laughs> He's not a dick all the time, but he was a dick to customer service people. He could, he had this white man, angry temper that older white men feel like they can act any way they want. And he comes from that generation. So I'm not like either one of them. My mom's really compassionate to animals. I definitely picked that up from her. She's really into spirituality, picked that up from her. So, I mean, there's definitely things I picked up, but I, I'm certainly not some carbon copy of my father. My, my relationship with Carol is nothing like my dad's relationship with my mom. But even if I tr- if, if I even tried to act with her the way my dad acted with my mom, she we wouldn't be together. That would have been that relationship would have been over a long time ago. Right. Yeah, man. So, like I said, man, it's just again, like I said, it really starts with yourself, and that's what you know. Therapy, yeah, it it, it helps. It really helps you. You really dig deep to really start to understand, you know, if you have the right therapist, like you said, to really understand who you are. And because a lot of people don't know who they are. They have a bunch of titles right. <laughs> that were assigned to them. Like, Oh, who are you? Well, I'm a mother. Eh, no, that's not who you are. You just, you just <laughs> happen to be a person that gave birth to another now, being. What were you, what were you before you became a mother? Exactly. You know, well, I'm a wife. What were you before you were a wife? Well, I mean, uh, I'm a daughter and before that, and before it's like, it's, these these little titles of society is just not enough. It's like really, and then when you start really questioning, having someone dig deep like that, man, a lot of times you can just see the look on their face when people realize, like, oh shit, I don't even know who I am. Okay, good. That's a start. Now we're ready. To, now we're cooking with gas. All right. Now what? Okay. Now that you've come to that, now you can start making. This is the part where you can come in and start defining who you are now. Now that you removed all those bullshit titles that were given to you or forced upon you. Now you can start redefining who you are and giving yourself your own titles and your own sense of purpose beyond that. Because I'm like, okay, you're, you're a parent. What happens if, you know, God forbid, what if all your kids die today? So what are you going to be a mourning parent for the rest of your life? You're never going to get on with your life. You're not going to move forward. You know, not say that it wouldn't be tough and it wouldn't hurt. But still, it's just like, is this going to be, first of all, don't do that to your kids as well. You know, don't sit there and live your life through them and make, I hear these people like, my kids are my everything. Well, that's sad. Because <laughs> guess what? Your kids don't feel that way. You're not their everything. You know, they're living their life. Not, why not take a page out of their book? You know, and also do the same thing because a lot of times that's what hurts a lot of relationships and marriages or whatever, because the parents put so much or one of the parents put so much into the kids that they neglect their own relationship with, you know, with right. their spouse. Right. I'm like, you can't put those, you can't put your kids first like that. You, you have to put yourself first and then you put your, your significant other next and then here come the kids. Yeah. They, they're number three. Okay. And I know a lot of parents are like, Oh my God, how can you? I'm like, nah, your kids will thank you for it as well because they don't want the pressure of being responsible for you and your emotions and your feelings and, and, and all your bullshit that you have to deal with. 
but they don't want to have to be your therapist. Children should not have to carry that burden because yeah. it just messes them up later on in life. And then guess what's going to happen? They're going to have kids and then the cycle is going to keep repeating itself. Well, I'm, I'm saying here's, here's your chance to stop the cycle and start something new when it comes to what you're passing down from generation to generation. You know, so, and there's no shame in that. It's just like, hey, actually, there's, there's, there's this great relief when you actually take responsibility. Like, you know what? My parents, I love them. Yeah. You know, they did their best with me, but you know what? There's certain things they did. I'm, I'm nipping this shit in the bud right now. This is not, I would not repeat in that cycle. Now, as far as this, just like you were saying, like those good things, like, yeah, you know, I'm taking that on and I want to share that, you know, with my kids or hell, just with the world, period, you know. But again, it goes back to what Bruce Lee says, you know, you pretty much, you know, to paraphrase, you know, like, you know, you focus, you take in all the good stuff and you throw out all the bullshit. (laughs) And trust me, as human beings, we have a lot of bullshit that can be thrown out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So much, you know. But again, it can make this make everything a lot better by tossing out that bullshit and not just carrying it on. And like I said, I've told you time and time again, how I feel about traditions. You know, oh, this side has always been, oh, it's just who I am. You know, it's, my family's been this way, you know, it's all these traditions, but I told you traditions, it's just bullshit. It's bullshit, pull pressure, peer pressure from dead people, you know? So shit can be changed. There are a lot of traditions that had to go away in life, <laughs> you know? So this is no different. So yeah, don't don't again. Don't I I say don't feel ashamed to get therapy. And here's the thing: you don't have to necessarily go to a psychiatrist. You can go to a psychologist. You know. So you know, I, I know some people are like I don't go to a psychiatrist because I want to sit to be prescribed drugs and all this other stuff. I get it. So guess what? Psychologist, there's an option. Okay. Some people say you know, <clears throat> you know, go to your priest. I got a little issue with that one for myself because again, <laughs> you're like, ah, let's, let's, let's stick to somebody actually like they're going to school for this. This is what they do, right. you know, you right. know, so because sometimes there's an, another agenda there, you know, with them, whereas, you know, a therapist is like, okay, I want to give you the best service possible because, you know, Hey, I would like to get more referrals, you know, and I'm truly vested in, into this well, aspect well, of life. A good, a good therapist has a really good bullshit barometer. Yeah. So when, you're, when so when you're trying to see, I mean, people are so used to trying to please other people that even in the context of a therapist, they're thinking, okay, I don't want her to see me this way. I want her to. It's like, look, <laughs> she's not there to be your friend. You guys exactly. aren't going to hang out afterwards, right? It's not like I go to a therapy session and they're like, hey, you want to go out for a drink? Yeah, let's do it. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to be friends, right? Not as long right. as I'm the client, anyway. Right. And, so if here is your chance in pure privacy to finally say all that stuff you were worried about saying because you were worried about how you're going to be judged. Now, therapist is not the place where you go, okay, let me be on my best behavior. And oh, I don't want to talk about that because you may think this or that's, right. that's not the person to have that kind of stuff with. You're not, also, it's a waste of money if you're going to go in there. If you're just going to walk in there and put on some bullshit facade, you're, don't even bother. You're wasting your time. Now I'm sure, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a friend or a family member you could have done that with that have been like, who didn't yeah. want to like hurt your feelings. And just like, Oh, Oh, I understand. Oh, it's, you know, it's okay. No, it's not okay. He's fucked up. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, not at all. Tell him what he, tell him what he needs to hear. 
But of course, a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want to lose you as a friend or they don't want to alienate you. They don't want to lose you as a family member. Or at least that's what they're thinking in their head. Or if it is that priest, he doesn't want to lose you as a parishioner, you know, because, you know, they, they of course, they want to see the best in you. But sometimes you got to sit there and acknowledge the worst in you to get to that best in you. And a lot of folks don't want to do that. Because <laughs> then sometimes it makes them question themselves like, well, God, if they're this fucked up, what does it say about me? <laughs> you know, because, you know, you are judged by, you know, the the people closest to you or whatever else is like, well, if I've been putting up with this or I haven't said anything, then does that mean that I'm okay with it? And so a lot of people don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> but I'm just like, nah, it's like, if my boy is doing some fucked up shit and I know it's messed up, I got to call you out on it. <laughs> because if I sit there and just like, I say nothing or I sit there and agree with or whatever, what does that say about me? <laughs> so... But again, with a therapist, they don't care about any of that. They're just like, it is what it is. And we're going to, let's just deal with it. Let's work on it. Let's address it. Because, hey, the worst you can do is what? You're going to fire them? <laughs> well, at least they know they did their job to the best of their ability. At that at that moment, nine times out of ten, whatever you did go through before you fired them, whatever, whatever they said, it's, you're not going to ignore it. It's going to stick to you. It's probably going to stick to you even more than if you continue you know, therapy and hadn't fired them because you cut it off. So, you know, there was, there was some truth to whatever they were talk, telling you or you know, whatever it was, it was exposed to you that you were trying to hide. And now it's been unresolved and now it's going to probably eat at you until it gets resolved. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it reminds me of Dave Goggins, right? I love Dave Goggins. I've read his book, but he, he is trying to use intense workouts as a form of therapy. Now, yeah, it can be a partial, it can be a supplemented therapy, it can, it can have therapeutic merits, but it's not the same as getting actual therapy, okay? And this is a guy who loves to work out. I've been working out for a long time, and it's definitely great for my mental health, but it's not everything. So when I'm reading his book, and Carol read his book too, and we both came to the same conclusion, Carol walks in my office after reading the book, she goes, you know what, this guy's crazy, he's got amazing physical skills, but he definitely needs to go to a therapist. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I thought, Drew, yeah, because this yeah. guy's got some shit, man, to work through. Yeah. He's been through it. He went through some hard stuff as a child, and he's trying to work out. And I get it because I've tried to do that myself. You know, yeah. One of the reasons why I look a certain way and I'm strong and I try to project strength is that I know what it's like to be weak and abused. I've been there. So you're, you're trying, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a target ever again in life. Like, right. fuck this shit. If someone even comes at me, I'm going to fuck that motherfucker up. You know, you overreact before that you, before you ever feel weak and like a target again. Yeah. But that, that's also a sign that you really need to work through some shit too. And each person's process is going to be different. And some things you're never going to, when people hear work through, they think, okay, I'm going to be okay at the end of all this. Like, no, some things you've been through, you're never going to be okay with it, but you learn right. how to harness it in a positive way. That's what you're trying to do. You're not going to just be like, ah, oh, you know what? I used to, it used to really bother me what happened to me when I was five, but uh, I think I'm okay with it now. No, you're not. You're never going to be okay with that. No one's okay with being fucking sexually abused as a five-year-old. Right, and you shouldn't be okay with that. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> you be okay with that. But what you can do is not use that as a way to fuck up your own life. Now, now you can or, or others or, or the life of others, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that that one is it's funny because 
Someday I may write a book about people that have been through abuse where I tell my story in more detail and it's a compilation of other people's stories. Now, this sounds like the most depressing book ever, but I would, I would try to have nuggets of helpful information to you. I go, this is what this person went through and now they have this. You there? Yep. Okay. So I'm just not off. talking anymore, man. <laughs> 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 That's what I had to say, and that's it. <laughs> you didn't put a punctuation on that shit, so it seemed like you were still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... So, yeah, man. So, <laughs> there it is. So, no meme therapy. <laughs> there are better forms of therapy out there. But, you know, sometimes those memes can come in handy because it can make you bring a little awareness. But there's just some folks who truly rely on that and try to use it as, a, as an escape or just say, like, see, I mean, I dealt with it. You know, I was reading this meme the other day and it told me this, that and the other. And, you know, now I fixed it. I worked on that now. I'm sure it's not that simple. It's not that simple. So. But like I said, if it can motivate you, to realize, like, oh, why did that meme bother me so much? Maybe I need something deeper going on here. I actually may need to seek the help of a professional. Then you're off to a good start. But like I said, don't feel ashamed. I feel, like I said, therapy is something that's truly needed, in, especially these days and times with so much going on that's already happened, that's happening right now, and for things to come. So, right. you know, might as well, here's the thing about issues, like problems, you know, having the foresight to see things for what they are and how they can lead and where they can go and getting ahead of that problem before it becomes one. And I feel that's what therapy really comes in. You know, it's no worse than, you know, why do you go to, why do you go work out? Because you realize that, you know, being fat and having high blood pressure and diabetes is a fucking problem. (laughs) It's a problem, but you can get ahead of it by, you know, getting out, exercising, changing the way you eat, you know, you know, dealing with, you know, being able to manage stress, um, you know, making changes in your life and, you know, in your relationships or whatever, and just really minimizing or eliminating the things that can actually, you know, exacerbate the things that can wipe you out of this existence, you know, and, and not make life very pleasant. So again, you get ahead of that issue when you know what, it, what, what that issue can do. So you know what depression, you know, can do and anxiety and all these different things, what, you know, where they can lead. And that's why you want to get ahead of that issue. So you want to use all the tools necessary that can eliminate this or at least minimize it to the point where it's not in control. And so that's what therapy comes in. So, hey, both of us, you know, have done it. You know, I'm an advocate for it. Hell, I went to school for it in the very beginning. You know, so, you know, just the whole, just really getting to know the human mind, which is something that every day we're still learning more and more about. There's so many things that, this is, you want to talk about a work in progress. Like there are no real definitive answers to the way that the mind functions. With that being said, you know, how do you not have a space set aside for therapy and to truly have people who are in that field to really help dig deep and analyze this, this. Now look, I mean, look, people should have, people should be more comfortable talking to a professional about 
mental dysfunction than they are about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of that erectile dysfunction is because of some mental dysfunction. Yeah, there you we know? go. So, exactly. You know? What exactly yeah. right there? Somebody, oh, it's just I'm getting older. I, I, I know some old dudes who are still banging in pretty hard, but <laughs> you be looking like, damn. You know, uh-huh. then there's some there's some that are 20 that can't get it up. I, say, I don't know any, but. <laughs> so, so straight up, then there's some 20-year-olds who can't even, like, you know, keep it up or whatever. Trust me, girls talk, women talk. <laughs> There's nothing. Well, look, like- you know, I've been one of those guys. I went through a period when I was around probably 30 to, I mean, it went on for a couple of years where I had pretty serious erective dysfunction. I went to a urologist. I went to everybody you would think about going to. And then finally, that's when I started recalling all these memories about being sexually assaulted and uh, I was yeah. just being triggered. So when I would have sex with a woman, I would, and even now, sometimes I get triggered by shit and I have to yeah. just take a pause. It just happens. But I didn't know that at the time. So I'm like, what the fuck, man? You know, I'm this fitness right. guy, I'm working out all the time. I'm eating healthy. Why do I have this problem? Yeah. And the doctor, the first urologist I went through, they have this device where they can measure blockages in your penis. You know, that's fun. Mm-hmm. They put this device on your Oh, genome. man. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you don't have any blockages in there. So they said, you, you have it's psychosemantic. Young guy like you, you're mm-hmm. healthy. It's psychosemantic. Mm-hmm. But the therapy was you get this injection, which you inject right in your dick. And it gives you a hard on no matter what. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you have performance anxiety. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if there's a woman in the room or anyone you find attractive. You're going to have a fucking sledgehammer between your no, legs. Hold on, hold on. Now, there's some guys listening right now like, hey, okay, what is this again? Sign me up. <laughs> Sometimes you see these signs in Vegas that says erectile dysfunction fixed on the first visit. This is what they're selling. This goes way beyond Viagra and Cialis. Yeah. Now, I'm not recommending this shit, by the way, okay? This is, this is, <laughs> this is a problem because... I mean, this is like a last resort. Maybe you're fucking 85. You still want to. This is the this is the TRT of erectile dysfunction. Okay. No, because I mean, this is when nothing else works. Because Viagra yeah. and Cialis only work about 50 percent of the time. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like now, the TRT the of that. Why they only work 50 percent of the time is not because of the drugs being ineffective. It's because Cialis and, and Viagra are nitric oxide. They're not nitric oxide producers. They're nitric oxide facilitators, right? So if you have enough nitric oxide, those drugs make sure that it goes to the right place for a second. And then they're also PDE5 inhibitors, which helps keep blood in your penis. Now, if you don't produce, if you don't, if you have really no low nitric oxide levels, though, it's not going to work because there's no nitric oxide to harness. So So those are the things right there. Now, this, this drug is for, this drug is good for this one that you inject in your penis. It's good in the sense that, if you have a psychosemantic problem and you use this for, let's say, the next 10 times you have sex, you're going to have a 100% success rate. And then after that, your mind now believes, hey, you know what? This is not a problem. No, I, I'm, I'm actually going to work. And, and, and so that, that can be effective. Now, I didn't get through 10 sessions, and I'll tell you why. Because the first time I tried it, or not even the first time. The first time I tried it, it was okay. Second time I tried it, yeah, I got a big erection. I, I had sex. But guess what? That dick would not go down. That erection was going nowhere. I'm fucking doing Hindu squats in the bathroom naked, trying to get circulation going. But that's what they and do. I don't care who you are. To my uh, unused erection that won't go away is it's painful. It's painful. <laughs> it is painful, man. There's a lot of blood concentrated there. And you're just now, like, now okay, I remember, motherfucker. I remember what the doctor said. He goes, make sure you have some pseudoephedrine around because if, you, if your penis won't go down, 
just take a pseudo ephedrine and it'll it'll circulate the blood back out through all the peripheries. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, here's the problem. I didn't have any of that. The good oh, news is gosh. there's a grocery store across the street from my apartment. Bad news is I got to run <laughs> that there's no way you can be discreet about i had one hand in my pocket trying to hold my so it's not that that looks suspicious already he's like is he stealing is is this dude about to rob us or he's stealing something right now sir i'm gonna take your hands out of your pocket no you you don't want me to do that no i can't (laughs) sir is that a is that a weapon (laughs) honestly though it was so painful if i if i had to run in that store naked with my dick hanging out i would have after a certain point i would have been like fuck it Everyone else hey. is asleep. Carol's fast asleep. My brother, he and I were roommates, but he wasn't around, so I couldn't even send one of them to go. So anyway, long story short, I got the pseudo and I popped a cap right before I left the store. By the time I got back to my apartment, it was starting to go down because I was freaking out. I was thinking I was going to have to call the emergency room. You know, embarrassing that would oh, be. Oh, my gosh. But you but know, you know it's, far, it's far worse because I have a friend and she's a nurse in the emergency room. Like, if, if I could tell you half the things she's telling me that people, when they show up, that get stuck in people's asses, <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, so I don't think you'd have to worry, bro. They've seen worse. They've seen worse. But, you know, the good thing is now in today's world, <laughs> you know, now things can be delivered to the house. <laughs> now you can just have it like you can have the grocery store bring stuff to you now. So. Just kind of, you just got to answer the door kind of, you know, at an angle <laughs> so they don't see everything. But yeah, but I think, man, it's just like this is this give and take with all these situations. Like, like you're saying, like, here's the good thing, but here's the bad thing. You lost me with the, the, the injection in the penis. I'm like, okay, we got to find something else. You know what, though? There's a lot of guys listening right now who nothing has worked for them. They'll, they'll take that injection. They'll take That's that. That's true. Injection. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. To get an yeah. erection. That's how bad men want to get erections. I get guys in their 70s all the time asking me about my products, talking about their fucking erections and their sex life and all this shit. And these are guys in their fucking 70s. Even then, mm-hmm. they're, still, they're, still, they're still worried about their fucking erections, even at right. that advanced age. You know, that just shows you the male drive of that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying. I'm just and saying on top of that, though, at, at a certain point, it's like, again, that's still, you know, I, I know for some, some women, they won't understand, but that still kind of tells a man, Hey, you're still alive. You still, you still, you still got some time here. You know, when it gets to that point, it's just, I don't know. It's something so defeating about that. You feel like, well, then what is my point? Yeah. It's not all about us just going out and having sexual conquest and pretty much doing a Bob Marley, I, 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 we're, we're doing a Bob Marley and trying to have kids everywhere and build an army. But it's just something also just the whole thing with the way life is structured, especially in men and men, that is one of those key signs when you're either you, you're still on the, you know, you're still in trajectory or you're on your way down. Okay. At that point, what's kind of letting you know, it's like mental, it's almost like menopause for women. Okay. You you sit and think like, okay, you're just letting you know, you're no longer producing anymore. So now you're kind of in this, you're kind of freestyling at this point. Now it's like, Hey, mother nature's like, well, I'm pretty much done here as far as the reproduction thing. You're kind of on your own now, if you want to continue to thrive in this world, otherwise we've, you're no longer of use to me at this point, as far as putting more humans on this planet. So now it's just, it's on you now. Okay. At this point. And that's pretty much what it feels like to a lot of these guys. It's like, well, I don't feel like I can produce anymore. So what's the, what's the point? You know, I'm just kind of like, you know, you, now you really start thinking you're on borrowed time, (laughs) you know, because again, mother nature really has no use for you for what it needs you for. So now it's really up to you. Most dudes like, well, shit, (laughs) what what am I even doing? (laughs) You know, (laughs) It's crazy when you think about it, but hey, it is what it is. So, yeah, 
And on that note, <laughs> none of you guys have had an erection story to think about. <laughs> hey, please, you don't necessarily, please don't, you don't have to DM us and share them. Keep them to yourself. <laughs> or, or share it with your therapist. Right. You know, they have, they have sex therapists out there too. And guess what? Neither one of us are sex therapists. So please, no DMs. <laughs> don't go sliding up in our DMs, all right? We're good. So yeah, we have, I have no references for you. So <laughs> leave it at that. I, I'm feeling like this, this episode was, hey, we did our part. Mike and I did our, we did our good, good thing here. Okay, so we got you thinking about it, hopefully at least, that you're doing that. And hopefully, it's, you know, no matter what situation, whether it's, you know, sexually or mentally, whatever. Like there's, I'm sure there's some aspect in your life where therapy, you know, is optimal. So go seek it out and help the world out because if you're calibrated, then it's going to help the rest of us, you know, a little bit better not have to deal with you being uncalibrated, then setting us off or whatever else. It's a chain reaction. But if you're calibrated, Hey, you're, you're feeling great. That's also a chain reaction that, you know, I can get behind that. Right. But not get back, but not get behind it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that being said, so yeah, man, that's, that's, that, that, that works for me. You know, so I, I made it through a thunder, a lightning storm through this episode. <laughs> and, and hopefully we've helped some people think about some things as far as, you know, really helping themselves out emotionally and mentally and physically, you know, as far as therapy is concerned. Hey man, therapy is okay. It's not, it's not an issue. It's no longer taboo. Do that. Yeah. For who you are. Even if you're feeling great, still get some therapy, get some, you know, especially if you can afford to do so. But, Definitely. Uh, I'm going to go get some therapy right now, which is called my home gym. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So cool, folks. So that's going to wrap it up for this week, and we're going to catch you guys on the next one. So take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media, on Facebook, as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.